0: What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. And after a long, long absence, far too long, I am thrilled and excited for the return of the one, the only Michelle Machu. What's up, Michelle?
1: Hey, hey. It's the perfect timing. We are here for the playoffs. Both of our teams made it. We're ready to pop some bottles because we're so <laughs> excited. I cannot believe. I mean, there was a point in the season where it seemed like the 49ers were just really struggling. We're never going to sniff the playoffs, right? Turned it around. My Steelers probably should still have never sniffed the playoffs, but they somehow got in. And I'm going to to take it. And I I apologize to everyone else who has to watch them play, but I am excited.
0: (laughs) No, don't apologize. You don't have to apologize for making the playoffs, okay? They're here because they won enough games. That's the bottom line. Their offense has been really bad at points this year, but they still found a way to win. So it's a credit to them. They are in. We are actually going to pop some bottles. But before we get to that, I want to remind everybody please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you like our shows, if you have gotten any value from our shows, all we ask is that you leave us a five star rating and a review. And we always say if you take the time to leave a review on the show, we take the time to read it. So this one comes from House Heredia two stars, way too negative, has potential, but lowers himself to excessive negativity with QB bias. So there's a Jimmy Stan checking in. And we also have this one from Kings2107, five stars, stats is the man. I love the podcast, especially the Shannaplan, Gold Standard, and Gold Diggers podcast. Levin definitely sounded like an old man to me before I got to watch the YouTube vids. Stats always sounded like the reasonable level-headed 49ers fan. That's One only person that's ever described me as (laughs) level-headed. He is the hero the 49ers deserve, and definitely the one it needs right now. Keep up the awesome work. So thanks, everybody, for the reviews. I am not level-headed, Michelle. You know this better than most.
1: I think you're a pretty level-headed fan, right? We're all crazy. When we're watching games, like when I'm watching Steelers games, nobody wants to be around me. I am a psychopath. I was working during the Steelers (laughs) game, and I I was – well, actually, I was – we working during the Steelers game, but then I had to work the Chargers Raiders game at night. And I like, I, I wasn't even a human anymore during that game at the end, as they're getting closer and closer to tying, like I'm slacking my coworkers, like freaking out, like <laughs> not professional at all. And I'm like, I didn't even know how to control my body at that point because I was so. Upset and anxious and just it ended up working out, but I, I think you're a pretty level headed fan. We're, we're all crazy
0: you need to watch some of the instant reaction shows after the 49ers lose, and you might change your opinion. By the way, for anyone that doesn't know, Michelle, when she says she's at work, she's a researcher for NFL Network. So there you are just (laughs) flipping out at work. Uh, I love that. That's fantastic. But you had a great idea for the show today, Michelle. You messaged me, and you were like, look, both of our teams won. Both of our teams are in the playoffs. We should celebrate. We should pop some bottles today. So that's what we are going to do right now. And just so everybody knows, it is... 20 after seven (laughs) pacific time right now but we are still doing this michelle you had the idea to have mimosas on the show so you can't see this but i have my mimosa here i'm going to take a picture of the screenshot actually so i have mine michelle has a bottle of champagne right there that she is opening which by the way difficult skill to pull off
1: i'm a little nervous be careful it makes a good noise
0: Ooh, hey there you go good
1: one. Oh, that, like, oh man
0: the the steam like comes out of the bottle there that's champagne
1: yeah awesome. i just had to already chug some because it was coming out of the bottle
0: you had to for science purposes oh um, yeah i don't know like the ratio to orange juice to mimosa but i
1: do very little it looks like you do a lot um yours is a little too orangey
0: yeah mine
1: uh mine is gonna look pretty much like champagne <laughs>
0: Well, there you go. Congratulations. Cheers to a playoff game.
1: Cheers. Uh, I will say the 49ers deserve it a little bit more. Much better season overall. But, you know, I'm still going to drink to my Steelers.
0: Amen. You deserve it. Look, this is clearly a year for the Steelers. That's not expected to be a Super Bowl year. And the fact that you still made the playoffs in that kind of a season is cause for celebration. So don't even worry about it. Uh, Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to talk about the game, just our thoughts, our feelings, then we're going to take a break and then we'll get into some of the gambling stuff, some of the props we like. You have five props that you like in this game. I think we're both just juiced up for the playoffs. But (laughs) in general, what do you think of this game? Niners, Cowboys, you know, reigniting one of the oldest and best rivalries in NFL history.
1: I know. It's all about, you know, the history between these two teams. I will say I was three years old when they last played uh, their last playoff game in the 1994 NFC championship. Uh, Yeah, I was three years old. So I don't really know anything about the history between these two teams. I'm not going to lie there. So I'm just kind of going into this game like they are two good teams in the NFC. And they're very similar teams to me where there's so much talent on both squads. And then they show up sometimes and dominate, and they could look like one of the best teams in the NFL. And then the next game, it's like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Why aren't they using anybody correctly? Why can't they score a touchdown? And it doesn't make any sense. So they're very inconsistent teams in that way. And it just depends on who shows up, right? Like, hopefully your team isn't the one that shows up and is inconsistent that day. Because at any moment, you know, the Cowboys can put up 40 points. So the 49ers are going to have to come out, score touchdowns immediately, like get rid of those field goals and, you know, be able to stay with the Cowboys or just be dominant on defense, which that could happen as well.
0: Kyle Posey on his show, the Shannon plan on Wednesday had a great point. He said that the perception of the 49ers is skewed because they haven't put together four consecutive good quarters. Usually what happens with them is they'll come out for a quarter or a half and just look absolutely miserable. Like they did against the Rams before their final touch, uh, the field goal drive in the first half against the Rams, the 49ers had 22 total yards. So they, that's how bad they can look. And then they come out in the second half and they absolutely turn it around and just destroy the Rams. So that's why the perception of the Niners is off. Like, oh, they're a six seed. Maybe they're not that good when they play the way that they can play. They can beat anybody.
1: Yeah. And I think a big key here is Jimmy Garoppolo has to take care of the ball. Don't throw any stupid passes. I mean, we know the Cowboys are really, really good at taking away the ball. I mean, they lead the league with 34 takeaways this season. Trayvon Diggs is just an interception master. What what is awesome about playing against Trayvon Diggs, right? As long as he doesn't pick you off, which, you know, he could do to Jimmy Garoppolo, you can kind of destroy him. He's not a very good coverage cornerback. He's giving up the most yards among any quarterback in the NFL this season, uh, giving up 18.5 yards per reception, which is the most among quarterbacks with a hundred plus snaps and coverage. Like he's not all that great of a cornerback, but people think he's amazing because of the 11 interceptions. He's a ball hawk. Don't get me wrong. Like he can, he can change games for you, which is awesome. But as long as Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't give him one of those interceptions, he can kind of pick him apart and target the guy that he's covering.
0: I totally agree. You have to throw a couple double moves at Trayvon Diggs because I think he's going to bite on at least one of them. And I think that applies to the whole defense, Michelle. There were four games this year where the 49 uh, where the Cowboys did not force a turnover in those games. They gave up an average of 400 yards per game and 26 points a game. And it wasn't like they were facing elite offenses. It was Minnesota, Denver, the Raiders, and the Cardinals. So if you don't turn the ball over against the Cowboys, you're going to be able to move it down the field. So like so many games for San Francisco, it's going to come down to Jimmy protecting the football. And if he does that, generally the 49ers do not lose regardless of who they're playing.
1: Yeah, the 49ers are five and seven when losing the turnover battle or tied in the turnover battle, five and oh, when winning the turnover battle. And then it's pretty much the same thing with the Cowboys, they're nine and one when winning the turnover battle, three and four when losing or tied. So it's really going to come down to who can, you know, be safe with that ball. No fumbles because really the Cowboys, the only way they should get a turnover is from an interception. Like if you get an Elijah Mitchell fumble or Jimmy Garoppolo fumble that's really gonna hurt you because I do kind of expect the Cowboys to at least get one interception it's just you know the 49ers have to make some plays on defense as well
0: yeah we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo I mean he fumbled last week against the Rams I know he was a full participant in practice this week but his thumb is still not right
1: no it's not and that that worried me in the first half because it's like oh my God are they a going to let him throw and then when he was throwing it was bad So that's when everyone was freaking out that Trey Lance wasn't in. It ended up, you know, being fine in the second half. But yeah, that first half was
0: scary. I don't know what they gave him. They gave him like the Mariah needs to sing tonight drugs to get him (laughs) to be able to play in that game. Um, But you saw like the play that he fumbled. I didn't think the defender like put an especially big hit on him or the ball. I just think that his thumb is weak now. So his grip on the ball is not as good as it will be. I think that's going to be a huge uh, target for the Cowboys pass rushers. I'm sure that Micah Parsons and those guys are going to love to try and swat the ball to get it out. I mean, how could you not? I I would, wouldn't blame any team for doing that. So, yeah, Garoppolo is going to have to protect the ball. And I honestly, I think that the, we've seen Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs. What he wants is... Run the ball as much as possible. Hell, against the Packers, Jimmy Garoppolo had eight passing attempts. I think that Kyle would have no problem if he repeated that performance.
1: Yeah, we just, it's so hard to trust him. And I know you're the Jimmy Garoppolo hater. So true. But I'm kind of feeling you here. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is just probably the reason the 49ers are so inconsistent, right? Because he's inconsistent. It's either he looks like a really legit great starting quarterback in this league, or he just, I don't know. He doesn't use his brain. Sometimes (laughs) something happens and he just loses his brain. Uh, It is kind of hard to watch him all season long. I've never done that before where I'm watching every 49ers game. So I'm watching him every game and you just see how different he is every game. And it's like, ah, it's kind
0: of irritating. It kind of irritating. It's my whole (laughs) life. Uh, But in the, in a two minute drill, when Kyle actually lets him throw and at the end of the game, when he has to throw, he looks really, really good. At the end of that he Rams does. game, those final two drives, he's he's laying it out there. He had one deep pass to Debo Samuel that was just oh, like a perfect placement over the outstretched fingers of Jalen Ramsey. Like, he can flash like that. So, if the Niners can keep it close... In those situations, Garoppolo has talked about it and we've seen it like he generally comes through. They they might not always get touchdowns, but like he usually gets them points on those drives.
1: Now let's talk about the defensive side of the ball then, because we were chatting and you said, you know, you thought the secondary is looking much better lately. And I don't know if that's true, right? Is it just a pass rush that's getting to the quarterback that's making them, you know, make mistakes and, you know, making them do stupid things to help out. secondary because when there isn't pressure the 49ers are allowing like 74 completion percentage like (laughs) it's not i don't think the secondary is getting any better i think they're bad when there's no pressure and then they kind of get bailed out when there is pressure like i still don't trust that secondary whatsoever and then you have to somehow figure out how to guard amari cooper and cd lamb and dalton schultz and you know I guess Cedric Wilson now. Maybe you have to worry about him.
0: I'm a little Uh, worried about him.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, the Cowboys, for some reason, don't know how to use utilize their playmakers. It feels like many games. But like who's going to cover all of these guys? There's not enough depth in the secondary to like really feel good about making sure none of these guys go off.
0: Well, the first thing is Josh Norman is not seeing the field, which is just a massive, massive improvement. Um, but Emmanuel Mosley's back. He was hurt for a while, which is a huge, huge deal for the 49ers. He's their best cornerback that's healthy right now. Ambry Thomas has looked much better recently, including having the game ceiling interception last week against the Rams. He's looked better. Kwan Williams is coming back. He didn't play in the Rams game. He's their best slot cornerback. Again, I'm not saying that these people are world beaters. They still heavily depend on the success of the front seven up front. I totally agree with you. But they are not like the complete and utter liability that the 49ers have had out there in previous games. And as long as the front seven continues to do their job, that's all they'll need to be. Now, it's a lot of pressure on those guys up front. But I think the Niners have the talent there to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit worried, I'll say. Okay, so... I went into this research thinking like, I feel so good about the 49ers, right? I love this matchup for them. This is all I was thinking after the game ended and we found out they're going to play the Cowboys. I was like, love this for them. And then I dug into the research more and now I'm getting a little bit nervous. I still think the 49ers are going to win. I just think it's going to be closer and a harder game than I anticipated because right now the 49ers really depend on, you know, getting to the quarterback utilizing Nick Bosa too because he's just he's amazing, right? And they're going to be able to get to Dak Prescott. He's been pressured the fourth most times in the NFL, according to next gen stats. So they'll be able to get to him. The thing is he's actually pretty good under pressure though. He has the most yards under pressure out of anyone in the NFL. He has nine pass touchdowns under pressure, tied for most. His completion percentage is good. His passer rating is good. He only has two interceptions on over 150 passing attempts under pressure like that's amazing if you want to compare it to jimmy garoppolo only has 84 attempts under pressure which good job 49ers offensive line that's like half of the attempts he has six interceptions under pressure and again dak prescott only has two with 150 plus attempts so that's the thing like you might be able to get to dak but will that rattle Dak Prescott. I'm not so sure. I guess you kind of have to hope like the playoff atmosphere kind of helps in that situation and actually makes them make mistakes.
0: I think it's going to be a more hostile environment than the Cowboys expect. Like the Niners took over SoFi Stadium last week. The Rams had to go to a silent count in their own building. That's how many 49ers fans were there. And I think that the Cowboys are they're already worried about it. People have been talking about it. Don't sell your tickets to Niners fans. They're trying to do a whiteout, which I think is incredibly stupid because all the 49er fans there are going to wear red. So you're going to be able to see every single 49ers fan that's in that place. I think the Niners fans are going to take it over a little bit. I think it's not going to be just like the friendly confines of AT&T Stadium. So I look for that to be a factor too. And since week 10, The 49ers defense has been on another level. They are fourth in pass rush win rate, first in run stop win rate, tied for third in sacks, and tied for first in forced fumbles. They have been bringing it, especially along the defensive line. Maurice Hurst is healthy. He hasn't been healthy in like forever. So you're just adding another fresh defensive lineman to that front, and they are clearly going to be the key of the game. Because I think D'Amico Ryans knows he needs to use the safeties to help those corners that you're talking about. So that's why the front seven has to be able to shut down the Cowboys run game.
1: Yeah, if they shut down Zeke, which should not be a hard thing to do. We're going to talk about that in our bets. Uh, if they can shut him down and make sure Tony Pollard you know, doesn't have any of his big runs, then it's going to put a lot of pressure, extra pressure onto Dak Prescott to make, like he has to carry that team on his back. And... I love Dak Prescott. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great quarterback, but we haven't really seen him do that yet in big games. We haven't seen him win those big games. So I do, I I do have trust that the 49ers can win this game. I still think it's one of the nicest matchups you could have had in the NFC. I never want to play against Tom Brady. Like I think the bucks overall are a worse team than the Cowboys, but I just Tom Brady wins. He's just a winner. He drives me crazy. I just, (laughs) He drives me so crazy. Uh and then uh who's the who am I missing here? The the Rams, you know, you wouldn't want to play them again, like just mm. after beating them in the second. Mm, half. I don't know. <laughs> I I wouldn't want to play them right away again because they would have that, you know, stench on them.
0: Let me ask you this. Which quarterback has more pressure on them? Jimmy Garoppolo or Dak Prescott? Because I have an answer that I think is gonna surprise you, but I want to know who you think.
1: I think it's Dak pretty easily.
0: Me too. Yeah. Because Jimmy has no pressure. If he goes out and stinks, What, no whatever, they're get, they're going with Joe no next year to anyway. Do
1: anything. <laughs> right. yeah, no, no one cares.
0: With Dak and the Cowboys, I mean, they've had that division in the bag for a while now, right? Like they've just kind of been waiting and to get through the regular season and get to this point. It's all about the playoffs and what happens in the playoffs for this team. Dak got the bag this offseason. He's got his new contract. Like the pressure is on Dak Prescott. And if you go out, You're the three seed, and you lose at home to the six seed to a quarterback that's not even going to be on the team next year? Like, that is a ton of pressure. I think Jimmy Garoppolo goes in with a ton of confidence, and he's playing free and easy. He's got nothing to lose.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo literally has nothing to lose. And he also has a Super Bowl appearance on his like resume. He's actually done it before where he's won some games, brought a team deep into the playoffs, was right there. He just, you know, was right there beating the Chiefs. But Dak Prescott, he's one and two in the playoffs in his career. Completely different. They haven't even played in a playoff game since 2018. The expectations are way, way higher for Dak Prescott. And I, I think that will make him a bit nervous in the game. Anybody would be. Because if you start off your career one and three in the playoffs, you just got this big contract, like people are going to start to get, you know, anxious and wanting you to prove yourself that you can win in these big games. And it's going to get worrisome if he starts his career one and three and he, you know, he can't do it even against a team like the 49ers who are a good team, but it's a team he should be able to
0: beat. They, the 49ers have a ton of playoff experience because they brought so many guys back from the 2019 team. They are not going to be rattled. Like think of the, the crap that the 49ers have overcome this season. They lose their starting running back and their best cornerback. Before the end of the first game of the season, and both of those guys missed the entire season, their right tackle is only played in eight games. They lose Javon Kinlaw after four games. Hell, last week they lost their punter and their kicker had to do some punting in dirty. the game. That was
1: a dirty hit. I mean, I don't know if it was a dirty hit, but it just, it was hard to watch.
0: Nasty he got, hit. He got yeah. knocked a bleep out in that game. Yeah, he really um, did. They have had to overcome so so much. I mean, the running backs have all been down. George Kittle missed time. Garoppolo missed multiple games and half of another game. Like they are they know how to take a punch and they are battle-tested in this game. I don't know that the Cowboys are. So, you know, if the Niners are able to get up a couple of scores early, I you know, I wonder what happens to the Cowboys. Does their confidence get a little shook after a while?
1: And honestly, I think the 49ers are. Might be the only team in the NFC that will be able to knock out Green Bay. Obviously, Tom Brady can do it. We've seen it, right? But I really believe if the 49ers win this game and they had to go to Green Bay, I, I think they can beat them. Like I think they have the right team to do it.
0: Oh, man. I don't want to jump ahead. I, we're getting, we're ex- getting
1: ahead of ourselves. You're I getting me excited, Michelle. <laughs> because I know if the Eagles somehow end up beating... Uh, the Buccaneers, like they have a 0% chance of going into Lambeau and beating Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau. But I actually feel like the 49ers would have a very solid chance. Can I give myself a shout out for the Eagles making the playoffs?
0: That's true. You know what? You're right. Kudos to you. You nailed it from the beginning of this season. You were high on the Eagles. You actually had the Niners losing that game to the Eagles, um, if I remember correctly. But you said that they were going to compete for a playoff spot and maybe make the playoffs. And I doubted you. All hail to you. I was wrong. Congratulations. I
1: love Jalen Hurts. He's my dude. I wanted him to perform just a little bit worse so that he could be a stealer next year. I wanted the Eagles to want to trade him. uh, But looking like they might stick with him, which they should, because he's a great quarterback.
0: I don't know. You know what? That's an actually an interesting proposition. What does, and I think that I was talking with uh, Brandon Lee Gouton of bleeding green nation, the Eagles community here at SB nation about it. And I said, like, if the Eagles somehow won this game, how are they getting rid of Jalen hurts in this offseason? Like, and he was like, no, 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 you still have to look, but like, that's going to be pretty tough to do if you're in Philadelphia.
1: It's already pretty tough to do like he took a team that was four and 12 last year to nine and seven. what are they nine and seven nine and eight and into the playoffs and then you see Carson Wentz go to the Colts much better team and uh, just make make them miss the playoffs because you can't beat the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence ridiculous
0: that I mean could that deal have worked out any better for the Eagles I mean it's absolutely perfect and I want to also give you credit by the way because you nailed halfway through the season that there would be a nine and eight playoff team in the NFC you opened my eyes to that fact and you were right there too you're you're like on fire now with your predictions
1: killing it let's hope I can get my bets right this weekend and then I'll be very happy
0: all right so that's we'll get into that let's take a break and when we come back we'll get into some of the props from this week Michelle has five feeling strong this week in the return. I love it. We'll hit those after the break back here on the gold diggers podcast. All right. We love to talk about the game, but we also want to win you some money. So let's get right to it. 49ers, Cowboys, Cowboys are a three point favorite in this game. Uh, Before we get to picking the spread and all of that, what is your number one prop that you see?
1: So Elijah Mitchell, they only have him at 76 and a half rushing yards. Loving that over for him. The Cowboys have allowed 100 plus rush yards to a team in every game but one since week six of the season. That's That's a long stretch. And the only game they didn't allow it was against Washington in week 16. Dallas was up 42 to 7. By (laughs) halftime, 42 to seven. So, no, Washington didn't run and they still put up 85 rushing yards. And now, yes, I am talking about full teams, right? Their rushing yards against Dallas, but pretty much the 49ers' backfield and their rushing yards come from Elijah Mitchell and Devo Samuel. And that's it. Like, They're not giving carries to Jeff Wilson. They're not giving carries to Jermichael Hasty. while Mitchell is healthy and on the field. He gets the bulk of the carries 20 plus carries in each of his last five games only had under 80 rushing yards in one of those games. You know, if he's going to get 20 carries, he's going to hit over 76 and a half rushing yards unless he just has a disastrous game. Uh, So I feel really good about this bet against the Cowboys.
0: I just checked and refreshed it. It's actually up to 78 and a half. I doubt that changes your opinion much. Um, And by the time you listen to this, who knows where it is. But look, Shanahan loves Elijah Mitchell. He's had to use a lot of running backs in the past because guys have been getting hurt. But if you go look at the history of Kyle Shanahan, he loves to have a bell cow back. I think he found it in Elijah Mitchell. Trent Williams looks like he's going to play in this game, which is obviously a huge lift for the, the passing attack and the rushing attack. And I just don't see the Cowboys being able to stop Elijah Mitchell. And remember, if it's working, Kyle will go to it. Elijah Mitchell could have 30 carries in this game if it's working. So he's going to have the opportunity. I agree with you. I would smash the Elijah Mitchell rushing yards over.
1: And they need to establish a run. Like, I think even if it's not working in the beginning of the game, like you have to keep going, it'll open up, it'll start working, but you can't go three and outs. Like you can't be passing the ball and giving the ball back to Dak nonstop that's not a good recipe for success here. So Elijah Mitchell should get 20, 25 carries in this game pretty easily. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked that his rushing yards are so low, but I'll take it.
0: If Jimmy does throw an interception, especially if it's early, that favors Elijah Mitchell too. Because if you go back and look, when Jimmy throws picks, or even if he throws balls that aren't intercepted that should have been, Kyle immediately turtles up and goes back to the run game. He gets super conservative. So Elijah Mitchell is going to have opportunities. If things are going well, that means the Niners are running the ball anyway. And if they're not going well and Jimmy's throwing picks, they're going to run the ball. So I agree with you. I love that bet. The Debo rushing yards prop for, for over under is 28 and a half. That's interesting to me. He could get that on a single carry, um, or he could just get that, you know, through five or six carries. What's your feeling on that one?
1: I would take the over there. He's hit it in seven of his last eight games. Uh, and he has five plus carries in eight straight games. By the way, that's the longest streak by a wide receiver in the Super Bowl era. So he's just, Damn. Kyle Shanahan wants to use him as a rusher because he's so good at it. He's averaging 40, nearly 43 rushing yards per game since week 10. That's a nine game sample size. Like that's pretty large. So if I'm betting on this, I'm 100% taking the over. You know, like you can lose on any bet, but if you're going probability here, this is like a 90% chance he's going to get that over.
0: And they don't just use him on like the jet sweep. Like they legitimately line him up and he's running like traditional counter running back plays. So it's not just like, oh, well, he's only going to get a couple carries around the edge. Like, no, they're going to do tosses to him. They're going to do counters. I think they're going to test the edge of that Cowboys defense and the speed there. And let's see if they can get out there and get to Debo when he's on the edge. I agree with you. he's going to have I think that he's going to have at least four or five carries in this game and the way he's been running, the damn ball. it he's is so unbelievable.
1: He- I'm so annoyed. i like I didn't appreciate his talent coming into the season because I was a Brandon Ayuk girl. But <sighs> Devo Samuel this year has really opened my eyes. I think he's truly maybe one of the most talented players in the NFL. like with the ball in his hands, he is insanely special. and you, man,
0: he's so good. I loved what happened in the Rams game. If you go back and look, it was the first possession of the game. I think for the Niners, they gave Debo the ball and Jalen Ramsey was coming up and he was going to make a big tackle and he was going to show the 49ers how physical they were going to be. And he runs up to Debo Samuel and he throws himself at Debo as hard as he can. Bam hits Debo who takes like a couple of steps backwards and then just goes back to the huddle. Like nothing happened. (laughs) That was like the perfect, like uh, epitome of what was going to happen in that game. The Rams are going to come out and give them their best shot. And the Niners were just going to be like, okay, now it's our turn. And that's exactly how the game went. And I can see the Cowboys game going the same way. Cause I don't think Dallas has faced a team as physical as the 49ers.
1: And I think Debo Samuel is going to make Trayvon Diggs look silly on some plays. <laughs> and like silly and talking about that. I can get into my next bet here. It's longest reception for both Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I like both of them. Now, I will say when I first started to write about this bet, it was yesterday, and Debo Samuel is at 24 and a half for his longest reception. I felt scared, like scared a little bit, but I felt still good about that. It's now gone up to 25 and a half. So clearly, bettors feel like mm-hmm. he's going to hit that over. It's going up. It's, it's a little high. that's very high. I'm still gonna say the over on longest reception for Debo and Brandon Nayuk, they have him at 21 and a half yards for his longest reception. The Cowboys have allowed 42 receptions of 25 plus yards this season. That's tied for the second most in the NFL. Only the Jets have allowed more at 43. So they are allowing massive chunk plays. Like if you just want to talk about the last since week 12, right? The Cowboys have not played very good teams. Like if you're talking about like playmakers on these offenses that they played, it's the Raiders, the Saints, uh, Washington, the Giants, Washington, cardinals without deandre hopkins and then the eagles which Devonta smith played for like 0.5 seconds and then <laughs> took him out once he hit the record like these are not very good playmakers on these offenses and these are the players that they have allowed a 25 plus yard reception to zay jones hunter runfro deshaun jackson Lil jordan humphrey deontay hardy uh nick vannette juan johnson cam sims kenny galladay da- dammy brown john bates christian kirk aj green Quez Watkins and Devonta Smith, which again, he played for 0.5 seconds. So they're allowing multiple players on each offense to get this chunk play. So I feel very confident that the 49ers who have 41 completions with 25 plus yards this season, which is tied for the fourth most in the NFL, they're going to get it done with both of these guys. And they're both going to have that really long play. Uh, so hitting the over on both of these guys.
0: I love that. And let me make you feel even better about it. Since week eight, the 49ers lead the NFL in explosive pass plays. So this is something that they've figured out how to do. I think I saw a stat that 70% of the 49ers receiving yards this year have come from Kittle, Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk. So like they are feeding those guys. And I agree with you. I think I would take the over on both of those I think if you place both of those bets, I think you're going to definitely hit it on one and you'll probably hit it on both because whether it's the two minute drill or at the end of the game, I just feel like they're going to pop one at some point. I I totally agree with you. I feel better about that than I even do about the Elijah Mitchell bet, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, it's just that Devo's is really high, but I mean, he's hit. 30 plus yards like the longest reception for 30 plus yards in each of his last four games so he's kind of like smashed at 25 and a half it is a high one and watch him get a 25 yard reception like just watch (laughs) it i just i already know vegas like this is going to be so right on this one uh but no i feel really good about i I would bet on both of them though i wouldn't want to just bet on one i want both of them because like i said when i went down the list it's multiple players from every team so it's not they're just not allowing one guy to do it it's Multiple guys, because they're secondary, you know, they allow those chunk plays.
0: That's the thing. And you know, the, I think that they are going to take a shot at Trayvon Diggs at one point. And it's it's going to be more than likely against one of those guys that he's going to be guarding. I doubt they're going to put him on Juwan Jennings much. So, uh, yeah, I, I love those two bets from you. So that's three already. Do you have another?
1: Yeah, I'm taking Ezekiel Elliott uh, rushing yards under 51 and a half. I'm actually surprised they're still putting him over 50 yards uh, as his line because they didn't have his lineup yesterday, but I was already thinking I kind of want the Zeke under as long as it's, you know, high, high forties or over 50, definitely taking the under and they still have him over that 50 mark since week eight weeks, eight through 18. He's only averaging 43 and a half rushing yards, only averaging 3.6 yards per carry and the 49ers have been dominant. Against the run, like something happened, like since week 10, they all of a sudden woke up and they're like, you know what? We're not going to let anybody run on us anymore. They've only allowed one player since week 10 to have over 60 rushing yards. That was Travis Homer. And he had 73 of those yards, 73 of his 80 yards on a fake punt. So I'm not including that. Like that doesn't count. That's Mm -hmm. not a normal rush. And then they allowed only one other player to have 50 plus rushing yards in that time. That was Joe Mixon. He had 18 carries for like 58 yards. Like, oh, good job dude. Like he didn't, <laughs> it, that's not, that's not a good game. They're only allowing 3.6 yards per carry since week 10. Like they just been crushing it. And Zeke just doesn't look good out there. It, it, he doesn't look good. Tony Pollard's going to be there too, as well. Like you would have thought Zeke would have really performed without Tony Pollard there at the end of the season in some games. And he just didn't. I, I I'm shocked. They have his rushing yards at 51 and a half, but happy to smash the under.
0: I totally agree with you. The 49ers have the second best DVOA against the run out of any team this season. And I think there's just a temptation from other teams to say, look at that secondary. We can take advantage of that. So they want to throw the ball. Plus when they do run the ball a few times, the Niners generally have been stopping people. I think that also kind of influences teams like, all right, the run game is not working. Forget it. We're going to try and throw. And if the Niners get a lead, Who knows? There's a lot of game scripts that go against Ezekiel Elliott hitting that over. So I like that one from you too.
1: Yeah. And he'd have to break one, you know, to hit this over. I feel like, and talking about breaking one, his longest rush, they have him at 12 and a half rush yards. This wasn't one of my bets, but I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Uh, he's only had a 12 plus yard rush in a game in two of his last 11 games. And one of those was a 13 yard rush. Jeez. So it was like right there at the 12 and a half. So I don't mind taking that either. That's a little bit riskier because, you know, that a defense can just like kind of fall apart in any single play where you can get 13 rush yards, you know, but I, I kind of like that because he doesn't ever do it. This is how bad Zeke's been this last half of the season. It, it's been brutal for him. He's getting, he's getting up there in his age, too many touches on his body. Yep. Love him, but it, it's looking rough lately.
0: Yeah. Look, there is a lot of tread on that tie. I mean, he has been just used to an incredible degree by the Cowboys. And I get it because he was awesome. And they had an awesome offensive line, but that does matter.
1: And Sony, Michelle had 21 rushing attempts last week, 43 yards. And Sony, Michelle's been pretty solid. Like as he's taken over the starting role with Daryl Henderson, dealing with all of his injuries, he's been pretty solid. He's broken off quite a few runs. 21 for 43 now he did have a long of 14 so I guess he would have hit that over of long Mm -hmm. of 12 and a half but it's crazy at a long of 14 and ended with 43 yards and 21 carries I
0: have no idea why Sean McVay kept running the ball every time he did I was like yes thank you very much like (laughs) that's a win for us and then the one time he should have run the ball when it was third and one right before halftime he didn't and Matt Stafford got sacked and that set the Niners up for their field goal at the end of the first half all right so that is four bets from you so far you have one more
1: yeah, I'm going to take Dalton Schultz, the tight end for the Cowboys. His receiving yards is at 41 and a half. I'm going to take the over, actually. I know the 49ers over the whole entire season, has been they've been very fantastic against tight ends. Uh, for From weeks 2 through 13, they actually didn't allow any tight end to have over 50-plus yards in a game. Like, fantastic. But then something has changed over the last five games. I don't know if you can explain it to me or what but they've actually been allowing tight ends to put up some yardage. They allowed Cincinnati's CJ, uh, to put up four receptions, 56 yards. They allowed the Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts to put up four receptions, 77 yards. And then Tyler Higby last week for the Rams put up six receptions, 55 yards and two touchdowns. These aren't crazy games, but they're all over the 50 yard mark. You only need Schultz to get to 41 and a half the other two games that the 49ers played in that five game span were the Titans and the Texans. They literally don't have a tight end worth naming. Like (laughs) they don't ever pass the tight end position. And Dolan Schultz has been Dak Prescott's dude, like for pretty much this entire season, he's kind of been that guy kind of inconsistent, but he's hit the over 41 and a half in six of his last eight games You don't have Michael Gallup there anymore. And yeah, Cedric Wilson went off last week, but uh, Schultz only played in 60% of that game when he's normally at like 80 to 90%. The game was kind of pointless. They were winning by a ton. Uh, So I I feel good about this Dalton Schultz over. Uh, I don't know why they've been allowing receiving yards to tight ends all of a sudden, but I'll take it.
0: Hey, I can't explain it either, but uh, maybe the linebackers and such have been so concerned with helping those corners and dropping deeper that it's leaving things underneath for the tight end. I can't back that up at all. I'm just randomly (laughs) speculating. Um, But I agree. All that logic sounds pretty good to me. Somebody's going to have some yards for the Cowboys. And if Dak is under pressure, maybe he'll dump it off to the tight end a little bit more than normal, too.
1: Yeah, and I'm just, like, I'm shocked this whole season because they got Blake Jarwin back this year, which everyone thought would be the starting tight end once he came back from his ACL injury. Uh, Dalton Schultz had a nice season last year overall, you know, coming in as the backup. But then he stayed the main guy. Dalton Schultz stayed the main guy this year. And Dak really trusts him. He's like his safety valve. So, you know, if the, the running game's not working, which we don't expect it to, they're going to be passing a ton. And I really, like... For some reason, CeeDee Lamb has been disappointing as of late. I had him in fantasy, and it's like he never did anything in the second half of the season. <laughs> it felt like Amari Cooper is so up and down. It feels like that one guy that's been really consistent where he's getting those you know, 40 to 60 receiving yards. Like every game is Dalton Schultz.
0: I have one that is screaming out to me to be bet, which usually is dangerous because Vegas loves to do that where they just mm-hmm. throw this in your face, and they're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> The passing attempts for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm stunned at the number. It's 31 and a half. Let me just tell you, there is no universe where Kyle Shanahan wants Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball 31 and a half times in this game. If he hits that over, something has gone horribly wrong for the 49ers in this one. Kyle wants Jimmy to throw actually where Jimmy's completion number is. His over-under for completions is 20 and a half. Kyle, I think, would love if he could escape with Garoppolo only throwing the ball 20 times in this game. To me, 31 and half attempts seems crazy. I just can't see how that happens unless the 49ers are turning it over so much that they have to pass to catch up.
1: I will say he's hit the over there in three of the last four games. He's had 32 last week, 35 the week before that, 41 in the Bengals game. So, I don't know. It's not that high. You feel it good about that?
0: i mean well honestly until you said that i felt like this was like money (laughs) in the bank now i'm a little nervous you're not i I just in the
1: titans game it was 20 to 17 pretty low scoring game and he had 35 passing attempts
0: i just think that in the playoffs especially what have we seen from kyle shanahan the the game plan has been don't let jimmy screw it up and the fact of the matter is the bigger the game is the more conservative kyle shanahan gets in the playoffs in 2019, Jimmy had 19 attempts against Minnesota, eight against the Packers, and then he did have 31 against the Chiefs, but they had to throw a lot at the end of that game. Plus, technically, that would still be the under if you had made that bet. Kyle doesn't want Jimmy to screw it up for him. He's been waiting for two years <laughs> to get back to the playoffs because he thinks he should have won Super Bowl 54. I, I'm gonna i going to take that bet. I
1: see. The difference between this year and that playoff run, though, is that Yes, the 49ers defense has been very good as of late. I still don't think they're their twenty nineteen defense, they are not. though. The secondary is just too worrisome. They give you're up right. too many big plays. So I think that's the only difference. I, I could I mean, if I had a bet on it, I would probably take the under with you, but I don't feel as confident as you do.
0: So you're saying five bets is enough. You don't have to yeah. go with his
1: picks. <laughs> no, you you can add yours. That's okay.
0: I'm, yeah, I think I'm going to, going to go with that one. Uh, Before we get out of here, the cow, the spread is Cowboys minus three. Are you taking the 49ers in the points?
1: Yeah, I'm taking the 49ers in the points. I I think they win this game. Maybe it's my bias here. I just really want them to win, but no, I I think they can definitely, I think they can win this game. Like I would take the money line because I love money lines. I'm all about the money line. So uh, if I'm going to bet this game, I'm not going to take the three points. Like That's too close. I'm just going to take the money line.
0: <laughs> I'll take the, if I'm getting points and I think the team's going to win out, right. I'll always take points. If somebody's going to give them to me, the over, no, we'll
1: be more money on the money line.
0: True. That's true. The over under is 51. I would be honestly, again, I know we keep repeating it, but if they don't turn the ball over, the Niners are going to score 30 points. I really honestly believe that. Um, I would take the over. We never bet unders when it comes to over-unders on this show. I assume you're going to take the over as well?
1: I don't know. That's pretty high for them. Like I said, the Cowboys are just inconsistent. So are the 49ers. I, I think the way for the 49ers to win this game isn't to let Dak score 30 points. Like, right. That's it's not a good formula here. I, I think their defense really has to step up. I would actually probably take the under if I was going to bet it. But wow. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the line. But Uh, If I was going to, but I would take the under.
0: All right. Before we get out of here, we love to talk about your Steelers and they are 12 and a half point underdogs against the chiefs. (laughs) And I got to ask you, I actually liked what Ben said this week when he was like, no, one's giving us a chance. We're the worst team in the playoffs. So let's just go out. Like, I liked that. He didn't like try and run from that. And he just like kind of threw it out there. What did you think? Well, He was also making fun of the media. I mean, so
1: people are taking these comments so seriously. Ben said, we don't have a chance in the game. It's like, he's making fun of the media saying, you know, we have no shot. Like we might as well just go out there and do whatever. Like, But I actually hope that is their thought process. Because if you go out there and try to play it safe and try to do what you've done all season long, they're going to lose by 30 points. If you're trying (laughs) to get these five yard completions all the way down the field against the Chiefs defense, it's not going to work. It's what they want you to do. We already tried that once this year in Arrowhead. It went disastrous. (laughs) Like, If I personally would love if they would just bench Ray Ray McLeod, he comes up clutch at times, but Ben loves him. And we need Mm. to make sure that he passes to other people and not to Ray Ray McLeod five feet away every five seconds. Uh, I'm expecting this game to give me great depression and anxiety. And I expect to lose by a ton, but no, I, I kind of like that. They're such big underdogs. I really do. The Steelers normally come out. I just, can they just make it a game, please? Can you pass on the field sometimes? Like I'm not even asking for bombs. Can you pass 10, 12, 15 yards instead of three on third and on third and (laughs) nine, can you please, on third and nine, can you please pass it 10 yards instead of three yards, hoping you're going to get the first down when you haven't done it all season long. Oh, the Steelers <laughs> drive me crazy. I am thankful for the 49ers that I have because they don't drive me as crazy.
0: But, the, you know, there is a path Shanahan to victory? still drives me crazy sometimes. There's a path to victory for the Steelers in this game, and it's the path to victory that other teams have taken against the 49ers, teams that I think are worse than the 49ers. And it's this. What have we seen the Chiefs' big problem this year has been turnovers. So if Mahomes is trying to get too cute, And do all this like Mahomes magic where he drops back and rolls out and scrambles around. If he turns the ball over a couple times and sets the Steelers up with a short field, that is their path to victory where they don't have to have 10, 11, 12 play drives to get touchdowns.
1: Yeah, and TJ Watt has to have like the best game of his life, which he can because he's he's so good. Love me some TJ Watt. He has to have a dominant, dominant game, make Patrick Mahomes force. I mean, that's the only way we win, right? Is if Patrick Mahomes turns over the ball in the Kansas city territory. Now I will say the Steelers forced multiple turnovers against the Ravens. And after those multiple turnovers, they had three points. <laughs> so, you still have to
0: score. yeah. You
1: still have to score after. And that's the biggest worry. I don't know. We have the talent on offense. It's just, I say just are so bad.
0: Is Juju going to play?
1: No, it's unlikely. I wish he was. It would be huge for our third downs. He was a third down monster last year, but it looks unlikely. He's going to be ready for this game. He would be ready for the next one, but we'll see. (laughs) I'm already like snorting that we would even possibly win (laughs) this game.
0: (laughs) That is the lowest bar going into a playoff game. I think I've heard of any fan just throw the ball 10 yards down the field.
1: That's all I'm asking. I want intermediate plays. That's all I want. Right. We only we only have two play calls. It's throw it short, which we have no blockers for some reason. They throw it short 2 yards with nobody blocking in front. It's the craziest thought process for me. Or they try to complete a 30 40 yard pass and almost never it's actually to the wide receiver. Those are their only two two play calls. It's rough.
0: That yeah, that is rough. Well, it'll maybe it'll be the last game that you'll have to put up with it because no, I don't want it to be. That's see, that's the weird thing, right? You're like, <laughs> I can't take watching this team anymore. But God help you, you don't want them yeah. to lose a playoff game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so make hey look, maybe everything works out and we're we're popping the mimosas again next week.
1: Yes, let's go. We're um, I'm gonna teach you the ratio between champagne and orange juice next week if they both win.
0: Yeah, I definitely messed that up. So I look forward to that lesson and you should look forward to the instant reaction podcast. Do not forget to join us right after the game. We will be live on the Niners nation, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages, breaking everything down. And if the 49ers win, I'm going to be drinking mimosas, beers, old fashions, anything I can get my hands on. I will be emptying the liquor cabinet. It's hopefully going to be a ton of fun. We take your questions and comments and we thank the thousands of you that have joined us already this season. Hopefully we can keep that rolling. Michelle, it was so great to have you back. I'm so glad I haven't done a show with you in a month. I know it felt so good.
1: I was so ready. You know, I was ready to go. I'm so excited for this game. We're back to back games. It goes to 49ers, Cowboys, and then the Steelers chiefs back to back. That is going to be a stressful, like six and a half, seven hours.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My stomach is not going to be in good shape, and then I'm going to you just make it so much worse with all that liquor that I'm going to consume. But whatever, we'll we'll you know we'll push through. Sometimes sacrifices have to be made. Enjoy the game, everybody. Good luck with your bets. Hopefully, we make you a bunch of money, and we will talk to you, win, lose, or draw after the game on Sunday.
1: Good luck, guys. Bye, y'all.